We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. Then any other question in your mind is, what is God saying to you today? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Not to me, not to Jared, not to Beth, but what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What is he telling you to do? What is he asking you to do? What is he, what is he convicting you? Not condemning, because his grace is enough, but what is he convicting you to give up in your life? Walking through this series, you've been getting beat up every week in some ways about do you have habits? Do you have addictions? Do you have situations that keep you from spending time in God's presence? Or do we just have complacency? Like, we're, we're sorry for that, God. We give you whatever you, whatever you want, we give you today. Let us not leave this place without giving something up of ourselves in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't feel released to move on, so we'll just take a moment. Take a moment. Just spend time in God's presence. Just continue to play. You're doing great. Jesus. Is there a word that God's put on your heart? feel like it needs to be shared with all of us. You have the opportunity in this room. I want to say what a blessing it is to have my brother Paul leading today. First, first time leading with us since I've been here, but back in the day, Paul led worship all the time. He went through a really tough time of sickness. He thought he wouldn't get through it. He was telling me this today, I would have never thought I would ever be doing this again. I give God praise for that, don't you? Give God praise. Many of you have things that God's touched in your life. I want to build your faith right now. You know, my dad, I've talked about him before, but he's here today. He walked through six months in the hospital. I thought he, I was sure he wasn't getting out. We whisper in, in front of him so he doesn't hear us talk about that we, all of our strong faith, our lack of faith, that he wasn't going to make it. He's, He's a hundred percent today. I see my sister that's here today visiting from California. She went through cancer in her body. Got healed of cancer, then went through it again and got healed of it. I'm glad to see you today. What has God done in your life? I'm going to ask three or four. Just come on up here. Come on up here and let's share a testimony. Share a testimony of what God's done in your life. Doesn't, I don't want it to be long. It'll be a short, just something short. Just come on up. I'll give you an opportunity. Amen. Oh, we got, say, I'm going to call you Sister Savory, right? She's from, visiting with us from, from uh, Florida, East Coast. Yes, Emmanuel's mom. That's how you're known here, so. Uh. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. You know, I'm from a church that praise God. Let's praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. 
Praise him. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Giving honor. The spirit of God this morning. Heard the church today. Get on fire for God. Yes. Seek God for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Let him move in your life. Yes. Let him use you to touch others. Yes. Time is running out. Amen. Yes. Amen. It's no time to play church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sister. Amen. Amen. Emmanuel, is that, is that how you, uh, he's training for the Olympics, and I would think that his coach, his coach is nothing compared to his mom, huh? Uh-huh. Right on. Come on up here, sister. I'm sure that, uh, well, I'm positive that all of us have a testimony when we look back in our lives. But um, for me, my, when I was um, two years old, I was hospitalized for a year in the um, Shriners Children's Hospital because I had arthritis and my legs were bent completely back. And, I couldn't walk, and um, but I'm here to say I've never had a surgery. Um, you know, I have a few fused joints, but you know, most people wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. uh, then life moves on, and um, as a young Christian, I became a Christian when I was um, about 18. But I sinned. And as a result of that sin, I became pregnant. And the father of the baby was um, a Christian as well. And we were advised by someone who's going to seminary to be a Christian counselor that abortion was probably our best option. And I worked for a pastor. I worked at a church at the time. And the pastor came by and put money on my desk to help pay for the abortion. So we were driven to the abortion clinic in a different state, and the abortion was basically paid for by a pastor. Um, later on, we married, and we um, kept that hidden for a long time. And then one point, God spurred us to bring it to the light, and we brought it to the light, and God did wonderful, miraculous things, not only in our lives, but in the lives of many others. Then... I move along in my life, and we're in ministry together, running a pregnancy center and a post-abortion ministry. And my husband, who didn't fit any risk group, got esophagus cancer. Um, he didn't smoke, um, but he lived for 13 months and passed away. And my kids were 12 and 14 at the time. And so I was left with another decision because it wasn't even just um, losing my husband, which was awful enough, but I lost my ministry partner, and my life was turned upside down. I didn't know what, you know, what, well, what's this, God? You know, what do I do with this? And then um, we moved here because we had some good friends and started going to a four-square church, and there I met Paul. And God brought him into my life and into the lives of my children and has been a tremendous blessing to me. So we move along and go through life and all the things that life brings. And then all of a sudden, I can't breathe. And I'm on oxygen. And I was on oxygen for six years. 
and at the point where the only thing left was a lung transplant. And uh, so we began the process, and God brought a lung my way, and I was given a lung transplant, and I've been without oxygen for a year now. Um, now, this isn't a testimony of all the bad things that can happen in your life. It's a testimony of how God can bring you through, no matter what comes in your life. Because I knew that nothing, no matter what happens, nothing can change. Because I have Jesus, and Jesus has me. And that never, never changes. So. Awesome, awesome. We don't often, yeah, oh, wow. There's third, third time here. You want to share something? We don't often do this, but I felt like um, the Bible talks about being, over, being an overcomer by the preacher that preaches a sermon. No, it says be, you're an overcomer because of the word of the testimony of your, of, the, of your family. And so you're hearing these testimonies. You might be here right now, and you're on the edge of like, is it over for me? Is it, am I, am I going to make it? Am I gonna, am I, are you going to touch me, God? And let these be, it's not um, just reading the Bible and telling you what happened, but what's happening in our world today, the people are still being touched, still being healed. All right, preacher. Okay, most of you don't know me. I grew up in Fort this Foursquare Church. We haven't been here in a long time and just started about three or four weeks ago. First Sunday I came, I knew I was supposed to share what I'm going to share now. And when he said that, I was like, no, I don't want to go up there. My heart started pounding. I was like, God, no. So anyways, here I am. So m those of you that do know me know I had cancer when I was 21. I went through chemo and everything. And at that time, my mom told me, you know, I really think there's an emotional root there. Like you're not forgiving people. You're not letting things out. And so... That's just kind of a side note. So, you know, fast forward, um, I'm 42 now. It's been tw almost 22 years since then. And health-wise, I've been great. I've never had a recurrence. But recently, I've started to have circulation issues. The first week we came, you started talking about the tingling in your legs. And I've been having tingling. I've been, ha you know, all this weird stuff. So I've been going to chiropractors and doctors and just trying to figure it out. And a few weeks ago, my mom started Googling it. She was like, there's some emotional things going on there. Like, there's some emotional things going on. And so I really started praying and seeking God on it. And the number of people I had hatred, bitterness, like they would come to my mind. It was like, bam, I could go off about that person. From high school, from when I was little, I was like, oh, my gosh. I am walking around carrying this because I don't want to let it go because I want them to suffer, but they're not suffering. I am. And what God showed me was, you are focused on, even though I wasn't thinking about those people every day, I had that internal, that was my focus. How can God take me in a different direction when I am rooted in bitterness? Let no root of bitterness. And so I want to encourage you guys. I came up for prayer, for circulation, for things, and God was like, you're doing the work. You have to keep the work of forgiving. And you guys, this is what I'm finding. I you know, through the years, I've tried to forgive these people. We make it hard. You guys, we make it harder than it is. We think that we should be like, oh, I forgive that person, that, and it goes away. But it's not true. We have to take it before the cross every time it comes to our mind. I choose to forgive that person. Nope, 
nope, I choose to forgive that person. And you guys, I was recently talking to a friend who was struggling. And what I heard from her was, Satan's attacking me. Everywhere I go, Satan's attacking me. And I said, are you an overcomer or are you somebody that Satan's attacking? Because what you are focused on is Satan is attacking you, but the truth is you are an overcomer. So stop focusing on Satan. So I want to encourage you guys. It is easy to get in a rut. Satan is attacking me. Say, oh, everywhere I turn. Oh, Satan, Satan. You guys, you are an overcomer because of God. And so I just, oh, I just encourage you guys, look at some of those ruts in your life. If you are focused on Satan, that is not where your focus should be. And I want to encourage you, forgiving doesn't have to be as hard as we have made it, as I have made it my entire life. I just can't forgive him. I've tried. But Christ came. You are an overcomer, and you can choose to forgive that person. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Last week we came into your house and we sang a song saying that you are our good, good father. Father God, and we come into your house and into your presence declaring that same truth this morning. Lord, that you are our good, good father. Father God, you have good things for us. You have an abundance of love, of grace, of mercy, of peace, of joy, all waiting for us if we can just enter into your presence. And so, God, we humbly come before your throne today, Father God, entering into your presence, petitioning you this morning, Lord God, for healing. Father God, we only come to you because we know that Jesus is the healer. He is a miracle worker, and there's nothing that he cannot do, Father God. We know that if we can just enter into his presence, if we can just touch the hem of his garment, Father God, that there is nothing that cannot be done. There is no ailments that cannot be healed. There is no disease, no sickness that he cannot overcome. Jesus, you said in your word that to take heart, Father God, because troubles will come. Challenges will come. Obstacles will come. Father God, sickness, disease may come, Father God. Father God, we know that weapons may form against us, Father God. Your word never said that the weapons won't form, Father God, but it said that they will not prosper. You said to take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Father God, we thank you right now for victory in Jesus' name. We thank you for healing in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are a miracle worker and that there is nothing that you cannot do. So I pray over each and every single raised hand in this place, Father God. I thank you for each and every single person who is coming boldly before your throne, Father God. And I just speak life over them. I speak healing over them. I speak joy, joy over them. I speak triumph over them. I speak victory over them, Father God. Heal our bodies, Lord. Heal our minds, Lord. Heal our marriages, Father God. Touch our children, Father God. Touch our homes. Touch our hearts, Father God. We pour out our pain before you right now on the altar of your heart, Father God. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Father. Every one of us live in, an, in our own atmosphere of worship all the time. Whether we're listening to um, Old Town Road, you know the song Old Town Road? Some of you, how many, ra raise your hand if you heard it. It's, I know it's last month. It's so last month. But if you, that's the only ones that have heard of it in the room. Raise your hand if you have. You, it'd be proud that you're part of the culture. It became number one and number two on the charts for a long time. It just came from the in Instagram. Old Town Road. Whether you're a listener of Old Town Road or Oceans. How many have heard of Oceans? It's a new song, new worship song. Seriously, how many have heard of Oceans? You know the song. You call me out upon the water. You're wondering if I'm serious or not. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. 
you call me out. Now, whether you're whether you're wor- whether you worship whether you listen to that or that, it doesn't matter. We all worship something, and I'm not saying you're worshiping that song, but the problem comes or the mess up comes when we realize the object of our worship. Listen, our object of our worship can be opposite of the one who created us for worship in the first place. We say we're, we're believers, and yet we find ourselves putting our worth in so many other things above Jesus. We do. Everyone in the room, that you can say amen to whether you want to or not. Last time we drilled down on the fact that an atmosphere of worship, here's, here's worship 101, is taking the focus off of me and putting it on God. Now, we live a lifestyle of worship every day. What I want to talk about today, I, 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 they're very specific to worship when you come to this place. Or worship when you come to a body of believers, you come to a corporate gathering. I want to talk about that kind of worship. Because, yes, worship is powerful everywhere we go. But when you come into this place, when you come together to make a point, oh, we're all going to worship Jesus There's something special that can happen. I think this is the biggest tragedy. I said one of the biggest tragedies, but I think it is. The biggest tragedy of a believer is when we come to church and we don't even realize our worship is not to God. We're worshiping, but our worship is not to God. We're thinking about our are how we look. We're thinking about what people think of us. We're thinking about what I'm going to do later. We're thinking about something else. We're thinking about ourselves. Worship 101 is taking the focus off ourselves, magnifying God. And people wonder, you know, I just didn't get anything out of that worship today. Well, what were you thinking about? You're thinking about the singer. You're thinking about the song. You're thinking about the weather. You're thinking about your finance. Get your mind off yourself. I don't know a stronger word. What's a Christian curse word I want to say? Well, that would never happen. I would never do that. But by the way, what time is it right now? I wonder where I'm going to lunch. Why is it so tragic to think this way? Why did I say this is one of the greatest tragedies? Because worship is our greatest weapon, our greatest weapon we have. It has the power to literally break the chains off of you. You have chains on your life. You don't see them. They're spiritual chains. I don't have physical chains. They're spiritual. You can literally break for unforgiveness off of you in a matter of moments in worship. It has the power to change atmospheres, to transform your fear. Have you ever felt fear like, oh, I'm afraid of this. I wake up in the middle of the night. I, I just, I, I can't get this out of my mind. What if this happens? Worship has the ability to change your fear into faith in a second, in a second. You wonder why sometimes there will be a, there'll be a moment all of a sudden you're like feeling great about everything. You feel like God is amazing. It's because you just made them bigger and you made your problem smaller. You want to bring peace to your depression? Well, then praise. You want to bring um You want to get rid of stress and worry and change that into joy, turn my mourning into dancing? Praise does that. Thankfulness does that. That is your weapon. 
Would you just, so you don't feel convicted, would you just take a moment and say, Jesus, thank you for everything I have. I give up my stress. I give up my depression. I give up my worry. And I ask you to take the t- chains off me. We can sometimes let, wor- we can sometimes look at worship. Uh-oh. This you won't say, don't say amen to this. We look at worship as a time filler in the service. Now, I said we've talked about lifestyle of worship. We're talking right here. We let worship be a time filler in a service. Not us. Not me. I hope not you either. It is not a ritual that we do. Can I tell you an atmosphere charged with people worshiping and praising God an atmosphere filled with one person, even one person praising and worshiping God can change, can, can bring miracles in someone's life. Have you ever watched someone worship and you're like not worshiping and you're like, oh my gosh, I saw Justin today over in the corner of my eye. I was like, I hope he's not dancing. Is he dancing? No, just kidding. And, 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 and I, was, I was blessed because just, because, because not because of his whatever he was doing, but because what he was bringing to the room. If you understand, Isaac, uh, Isaac, uh, Israel, Israel, Houghton, 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 you guys know that worship leader? He said this, the, what, if people would understand, they, they asked him, how do you bring worship into a room? And he goes, I don't bring worship into a room. I play, and I hope the people bring the worship with them. If we would understand that we bring something when we come into this place. When you come into this place and you worship in spirit and in truth, you literally bring power into the room. I want to call this message today a matter of minutes. And I'm going to ask the newly ordained after being in ministry for 40 years. Yes, I know. She said, you brat. My mom, come on up here. She's been, a, she's been a pastor forever, and we, we make fun of her because she just got her license not too long ago. And um, they made her pray at the, at the um, ladies thing yesterday. Or they didn't make you, but they asked you. And so I told her, you're, you're our, you're our uh, special wor- uh, prayer. She, she read the scripture last week, and this week she's going to lead our prayer. So just a quick prayer that God would open up our ears to hear, and especially yours, in case you're daydreaming. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that you are here with us today. We are so thankful, Lord God, that we can call upon you and you've inclined your ear unto us and you are are listening for our praise this morning, Lord God. We pray that you would just pour out your spirit upon us. We pray, Lord God, that we would be responsive to your word. We pray, Lord God, that we would lead you into our presence today by our worship. Lord, that everything that we do, that everything that we say, that everything that we think will be worship to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was good. That was good. Amen. How many of you ever counted the minutes in your day? I don't know if you have, but I, uh, I'm a very good at math. And let me just figure it out real fast. 900. There's 900 minutes in my day. We spend them doing all kinds of stuff. I want to talk about a group of people that were having a party. Um, my family knows how to, not party, but they know how to have parties. I have 13 people at my house right now. They're, they're leaving, hopefully. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, on Tuesday... They, they have to go, and it's too bad because we moved away from California. All our family's out there, and, um, and God called us here. And it's been wonderful, but we miss our family. 
and um, they don't they don't realize how much we miss them, but we do miss them. And it was nice to have them. It's it was nice to have them here. I, I'm saying like like they're leaving. It's been nice having them here, but we like to have fun, and they like to stay up late. We like to stay up late. Cynthia wakes up at 3 in the morning to get Jaden up out of bed or 4 in the morning. So at, at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock at midnight, it's hard to uh, want to be in the party and eat and, and have fun. But we've been having a lot of fun this weekend. Um, if anyone has any room at your house, I, I want to introduce you to them. <laughs> Let them come over. But I want to talk about a group that had a party. It's found in Acts chapter 16, verse 34. We find the account of a prominent character in the Bible eating a buffet. Um, we had a buffet every day this week. It's been fun and because, you know, Cynthia's cooking. And this buffet happened to be at midnight or around 1 or 2 in literally in the morning. And um, how did this come about? Well, it came about in a matter of minutes. Everybody say, a matter of minutes, all right? They were celebrating, eating, having a party, appreciating the gift of life. And it says this in the message. There in his home, he had food set out. Everybody say, food. Don't, don't get off track, but we're, we're talking about Jesus. But he had food set out for a festive meal. It was a night to free member he and his entire family had put their trust in god and everyone in the house was in on the boring time together because christians are boring no it says in on the celebration this sounds like a great story from beginning to end and if i was a movie maker i would start the story here because it's a great it's a great start for a story because you'd never believe that it began so tragically you might also never believe what a matter of minutes can do if they are pointed towards praise. If your life is looking tragic, if your life is looking gloom, is looking dreary, if it's gloomy, I guess, if it's looking not so good, you wouldn't believe what a matter of minutes could do because about midnight, verse 25, we're going to skip back now. You know how movies start with the end and then they go back. It's kind of like that right now. You're, I'm bringing you into the movie. About midnight, Paul and Silas, my Bible says, they were cursing and questioning, where is God? I can't believe it. No, it says Paul and Silas were singing. They were praying a robust hymn, a robust hymn to God. About midnight, Paul and Silas were doing this. This speaks volumes of conviction to me when we complain about why we don't sense God. These guys were in prison. <clears throat> I can't get into this. Um, oh, I, I don't know what I was going to say. Sometimes we'll say, I can't get into this song because it's just not my kind of song. I'm not the expressive type. I'm not even a singer. I, d I don't sing, so I just mouth the words. I lip sync. And God, what if Paul and Silas would have done this right here? I, am, I like to be quiet. May I submit to you that you shouldn't allow any prison cell to keep you from the power of praise. Don't let any excuse deprive you from the weight that worship can lift off your shoulders because God goes into action when we allow an atmosphere of worship to not so, not, not win. No, when we allow an atmosphere of worship to win, that's when God goes into action. 
This is what happened. He goes into action. Verse 26. Suddenly, now let me, let me, let me back up for a minute. These guys are in prison. Now, it's the Bible, and we think, we just assume, oh, that's horrible, but, you know, it's not like it is today. It would never, it wouldn't be, I mean, people got in prison all the time. This is what happened to these poor guys. Paul and Silas, most of you know this story, but you need to be reminded because it's one of the greats. It's one of the greats in the Bible. Paul and Silas were walking around and casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And one day, um, this girl who was demon-possessed herself saw them and started, like, telling everyone, these guys are uh, Jesus followers. They're, they're casting out demons. Get a, they, they're doing it in the name of Jesus, which was a terrible strategy this little girl was using because, um, because you don't want to give away what's going on. Things were happening. And it shows that the demons even know Jesus' name, and they shudder, and they're afraid. And she's already, like, warning them. They're helping people, right? Our resident real-life superheroes here, I don't want to go overboard on that, but they are living in an atmosphere of worship where they're going. And when I say it is charged with an atmosphere of worship, literally they, and you know this, I'll remind you because it's great to remember, they would walk places and literally their shadows, did you know, did you hear this? Their shadows would heal people because they were living in an atmosphere of praise. And this was the context that happened where they got thrown into jail. I don't know many of you, if you've ever gotten thrown into not just jail, but to prison. This is called the inner cell. They put on these stocks, these wood stocks that would put their their legs and arms in weird positions and hurt. It would be, it was painful. They would, before they'd put them in this prison, they would whip them almost to complete death. They were practically dead when they get in here. This is not a make-believe prison. When you see the movies about prisons, I think that our movies about prisons in America, this is, this, this does not even get close to where they were. They were in this dungeon, in a basement, in the in smelly rats everywhere. It was no good. They're life was over. They weren't going in for two nights until they got bail. They were going in until they died because they were almost dead already. That's where Paul and Silas were when we find them in verse 26. They were worshiping God, and verse 26 says, suddenly, everybody say suddenly, a matter of minutes, there was such a violent earthquake. I have it in a different, oh, I like this one, the message. The, then without warning, a huge earthquake, the jailhouse tottered. It wasn't a jailhouse. It was a dungeon. Every door flew open, and all the prisoners were loose. And everyone's chains came loose, it says in my Bible. It is amazing what a matter of minutes can do. One minute, they are in a torturous circumstance. One minute, they are in a situation. Have you been in a situation? You might literally come to church. I'm not expecting everyone to be like losers that you come into church, but pretty much we all are, right? Where we go, we got, if everyone knew our stuff, then just admit it. We're all kind of, we come into this place, and in a matter of minutes, God does something for these guys. Their chains come off. How many like to see that in your life? If I apply that simple principle, to a Sunday morning, uh-oh, a Sunday morning worship time, you might get a revelation of the difference a matter of minutes can make. You might get a revelation of why you shouldn't come late to church. Ooh, no one does. No one does that here, so you're good. 
Let me remind you, my friends, our worship is a weapon. Our praise causes a shift in the spiritual battle we fight. Entering his gates with praise and thanksgiving can reverse a situation in a matter of minutes. I've been in it. Have you ever been in a worship service? I mean, hopefully here you've been in a few. Everyone just raise your hand and say once, once or twice. But I've been in some where I've come into the room, right? I've come, you know, it's a revival service. I, I traveled one time to one, one special revival, and it was in this, um, I don't know, like, it was like a um, stadium. It was like a what? Yeah, it was like a baseball stadium. That's what it was. It was like a minor league baseball stadium. And as I parked my rental car, because I wanted to go see this. I, I don't do this very often. But I remember as I parked my rental car, as I was going, waiting in line to get into this big field where I parked, I was feeling the presence of God. I was starting to shake. I was, feel, I was starting to cry. I got out of my car. I stepped onto the grass. I walked about 900 yards to where it was. And the whole experience to the, to the, to the service was a worship experience for me because God's presence was there. Because worship changes atmospheres, and people had been praying. And I walked into this room. I remember opening the door. Uh, I don't know if I opened the door. It might have been open already. And when I got into the room, I was trying to find a close seat, and I had to sit way in the back. But I was still, like, I, I walked down to the front anyways before the service started, and I felt like I was just swimming, like, like I had to swim through the water. That's how strong the presence of God was in this place. And immediately, as people, before the service even began, people were already like screaming because they had been healed of something. They had been touched of something. And the service starts and the worship leader sings, Great is your faithfulness, O God, or whatever he's saying, right? And then he has to stop and just let everyone testify about the miracles that were happening in the room. I've seen powerful things in worship, and I know you have too. That minute, when the jailer woke up, he started to commit suicide because his boss, when he finds out that literally everyone in the prison had been freed, he was dead. They were going to run him through. I remember I used to, we, we used to find turtles at camp, and I, and I put some turtles in our backyard, or my brother put some turtles in the backyard. I just tell this, it's kind of off the subject, but it grabs your attention if you weren't listening. And, and the turtles, they're turtles. They don't go anywhere, right? And then we had like 17 of them, right? And then my brother says, you watch them, and, and, and don't, you know, be careful with them. I don't know if he even said that. He just said, they're, they're your responsibility right now. I'm going to go somewhere go to the bathroom or something then I'll be back and literally all 17 turtles I had lost in that moment all right this how this 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 jailer felt like much worse because he was dead because of this and he couldn't believe what was gonna happen and to make a, a long story short the guard probably wanted to uh, commit suicide yet he saw that everyone was still there and that night he accepted God into his life and his whole family ended up securing their place in heaven. Read this with me, verse 33. At the hour, they never did get to bed that night. I like that. My, my Bible says it like this. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them to his house. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home, dressed their wounds, and then he couldn't wait till morning, was literally baptized, him and his whole family. We're going to stop now, and I'm going to invite my brother Paul. Would you come up to the keys and bless us as we make a challenge? I'm going to challenge you with some things right now. Um, 
I want to ask this question. And you know the answer, but let me, let me just ask it, all right? I'm going to ask a, a series of questions. For Paul and Silas, you know, they got out of prison because of their worship. Why was their praise so pivotal? And I want to ask it in, in, in present terms. Why is praise so pivotal? pivotal? For that matter, why is worship all through the Old Testament? You know, I've told you, all through the Old Testament, it was all about who they worshipped. And then the land that they would get, the blessing they would get as they worship. Why was that the linchpin throughout the entire Old Testament? It was always worship. Worship changes atmospheres, yet we take it for granted. Why did even Jesus in the New Testament, he summarized it all. Now tell us, what is the Bible about? What, what do I have to do? And Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind. In other words, worship me with everything that you have. Why is worship, and I want to go a different direction for a minute. Why is worship in our day and age on a chopping block? Critiques. I hear people criticize. I hear people make comments. Not here, but, you know, just in general in the Christian American church. Oh, it's too loud. It's too quiet. It's too long. It's too short. It's too wordy. There's too many words. It's too simple. It needs more words. It needs more cowbell. Why does our minds go 10 different directions? Like, what we can concentrate on, on uh, uh, an entire Netflix series. All right, I'm talking to the second row here right now. We can, <laughs> right? we can, we can concentrate on literally an Italian. An Italian. <laughs> oh, I'm really getting you. An entire, she's Italian, an entire Netflix series. We'll binge watch. We'll focus. We're all focused. But then when it comes to 10 minutes of worship, our minds go a million, don't they? A million directions. You get home, you're sitting at home, it's quiet, and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to open my Bible and pray. Why is it attacked so much and you can't seem to focus? Because the devil knows. As Sister shared with us earlier, the devil's at, on, on attack against us, but we don't focus on him. He knows that he can get us down when we focus on him. The enemy knows when we praise him. It is unpredictable, literally almost dangerous, what can happen, what the Holy Spirit can do. If we could just live thankfully. And I'm talking about this week, but I'm talking about right now. Would you take a moment, bow your heads. Everyone in the room could repent of being that the fact that we need to be more thankful, don't we? I enter his gates. I enter the doors of God, the, the heavens. I enter his presence by being thankful. Not coming into this room and thinking about myself, thinking about my problems. What are you going to do for me? What do I get out of this service? Right? We bring with us something. We bring the opportunity for God to move when we're thankful. You take a moment. You just talk to God on your own, whatever you need to say. It's interesting that we've been talking about Moses to this series about God's presence. And there was a moment where Moses is like, I can't do it. I can't do it. You got to come with me. If you don't come with me, I'm not going to do this. 
Who are you, God? Where are you, God? How are you, God? What, how am I going to live? And some of you are in that situation today. You might be, um, I wrote some things down, needing a breakthrough, needing a miracle, needing a house to sell, needing a house to rent. That's where I was till last week. I don't need a house to rent. Need a sickness healed, a situation reversed, a marriage restored, a relationship fixed, or you just might seem to be in a neutral position and you've not gone forward in a long time. I've, I've addressed that every week, that you've lived one year over and over, the same year over and over, and you haven't progressed. And I want to tell you, you say, well, God, who are you? Where are you? How are you? He would tell you this. This is, this is the answer. I am. I am your restoration. I am your fix. I am your healing. I am your joy. I am your peace. I am your, you fill in the blank. And if you're here in this place today, which you are, because I say it all the time, but you are in this place. You simply want to walk in greater freedom. Does your situation look, uh, look hopeless? Do you need God to move? Let me tell you, your midnight buffet is here. It's, it's not waiting. It's not like after four weeks, after five weeks coming to church, after seven days of reading your Bible. Literally in a matter of minutes, you just take a moment and you say, God, I need you. Would you lift your hands if you're in this place and you need something? I would hope all of us would want more from God. He always has more for us. Lift your hands. Jesus. You see our hands raised to you. Would you forgive us? for being self-righteous? Would you forgive us for bragging that we've arrived somewhere? Would you forgive us for looking down on others who we think aren't being as good as Christians as us or, or judging others who say they know Jesus and they're doing wrong things? Would you forgive us of those things because we're all in the same boat? We all need you, Jesus. We all need the great I am in our lives. And we ask that we would be close, close to your side, where heaven is real and death is a lie. We want to see our dry bones live. We want to see our blindness be, be gone so that we can see you the way that you, are, the, the way that you truly are. If you're in this place and you can put your hands down and you need Jesus for the first time, you haven't served him or you've, you've walked away from him, would you just quickly raise your hand and put it right back down again? I want to give you that opportunity right now. You walked away and you're, yeah, put it right back down again. Amen. Who else? Anybody else? You've walked away and you want to come back to him. This is the time. There's grace in this room. There's mercy in this room. Amen. Everybody say this with me. Heavenly Father, come before you in Jesus' name. I thank you that you are the answer to every problem. You are the solution to every situation. And I ask you to help me not take you for granted. And be thankful for what I have. And create. Say it with me. And create an atmosphere of worship around me everywhere I go.
Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.